0: This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today on the show, Emily Pepito and I are talking about the principle of order. So we're starting a new series talking for four weeks about the principle of order And I think in some ways, this can be mostly connotated with like, do I have an orderly way of life and an orderly home and so many concepts like that. But in some ways, it also goes back to questions of authority. Like, am I willing to obey God? Am I willing to live according to his order? Emily, we... I just watched this show, shiny, happy people. And it really kind of highlighted a lot of the failures of some of the early homeschool movements and the ways that the concept really, honestly, the concept of order was used to control. And it's really sad because there's all these people talking about how hurt they were by the, you know, it was a certain movement. It wasn't, all homeschoolers or all Christian families or something. It was a very, uh, strong and very formatted community that had a lot of very intense rules, rules about what you could wear rules about what dating was to look like rules about, I mean, even encouraging how many kids you should have by a person who didn't have kids and so now there's kind of this backlash and this movie just came out and it and it really makes the whole homeschooling movement look kind of bad but we can understand some of what they were talking about in the movie like we were we listened to some of the same teachers early on in our family and I there's a lot of things I'm really sorry about like not understanding the importance of empathy or not understanding the importance of getting our own souls healed and instead parenting out of fear, which we have talked a lot about here and in a mothering by the book, but you know, in kind of looking at that whole concept, I Emily, mean, cause you know, you have friends who were homeschooled, who went through this kind of backlash in a way of pain because they felt so
1: condemned in some way by their parents. Totally. And I mean there's just so much to unpack there. I haven't seen the documentary that you're referring to. Um, partly because I I don't I don't actually like watching documentaries about a lot of things because um in my experience they're always crafting a narrative and I really believe in the power of narrative and I believe that it is impossible for us to rationally and logically unpack anything except for maybe two plus two, because we always are coming to the table with our biases, our emotions. And every time we process new information, we actually process it through the lens of past experiences. And so if we have a negative connotation of homeschoolers or public schoolers or church or, or whatever it is at the grocery store or, you know, our in-laws, like whatever it is, if we have this, if we go into it, we'll never actually fully have an unbiased view because our emotions are always the first thing that starts to process the new memory, experience, or information. And so, I actually tend to avoid a lot of those things because I, um, I would rather deal with people. So, I'd rather have conversations with people and be like, "So, what was your experience? Like, where are you at? Like, what was good? What was bad? What was ugly? Where, where are you? Where are you now headed in your journey?" Um, and people from all over, like people who have completely rejected their faith and walked away, people who are trying to like pick up the shambles of their lives after coming out of what can sometimes be very um, dogmatic, borderline cultish Christianity, um, and people who were atheists and are moving into faith. And I, I, I want to know what these people experience, but in terms of sitting down and just watching a documentary about one particular thing, I, I rarely do it those reasons I know it doesn't really answer what you were saying um, but I just think it's so important that like orderliness like when I think of orderliness especially coming from a very academic background orderliness is also looking at all the information available to me and categorizing it as best I can acknowledging my bias and I think definitely for people who experience a lot of pain people who are on the outside looking in and throwing a lot of stones Um, We need to be orderly, even in our thoughts and our processing of what we experience, what we're viewing.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Just the even the exhortation to watch our biases, because, you know, a year or so ago after 2020, you know, a lot of people started homeschooling because of COVID. They're like, I don't like having my kids on a Zoom call all day. And so I am going to do it myself because they saw that kids were, it was a lot of twaddle. It was a lot of just filling kids time and filling out worksheets and a lot of busy work. So a lot of families started homeschooling and discovered how wonderful it is. And I knew, I said it then, I said, the schools are going to have to find some way, like some terrible story of homeschoolers who are screwy to turn people's minds against homeschooling because Societies that want a certain way of life have to propagandize their people into believing other ways of life are bad. And so, for instance, you know, when you are homeschooling, there's all kinds of it's a free for all of ways of life. Like there's freedom. When you homeschool, one family could focus on teaching your, their kids about capitalism, another family could focus on communism, another family could focus on Faith. Another family could focus on environmental stewardship. Like it's a free for all. We can all be different. But in in society, the powers that be aren't fond of having a free for all. They really want to have more of a homogenous society. That's why Germany and France have both outlawed homeschooling. They want a homogenous society. And so I knew, I knew then that with so many people leaving the public schools, they're going to have to find some ways to like ooh, homeschoolers are scary, bad things are happening in homeschool homes, even though you can find also lots of stories about bad things happening in public schools. So there's that. There is there is obviously a bias, like let us find the bad stories and tell them. But also there's a lot of heartbreak in some of these bad stories because these kids, like, you know, they, you do know you have friends who felt really shafted by their parents. Like they their parents were trying their best. Like I know one of them, you know, maybe doesn't, doesn't like that his parents sort of restricted what he could read or things like that. And so it's like, there are kids who are going to grow up and be disappointed with the way their parents did it on one way or the other, you know, because there's going to be kids now whose parents did the back, did the swing, they did the swing away from that legalistic parenting. And there'll be kids who grow up and say, I wish my parents had had more order. I wish my parents had had more boundaries. Or I wish they would have protected me more. You know, I, I just talked to someone the other day who felt that way. And so there's this swing that happens in culture and trauma is the outcome of
1: parenting and reaction. Totally. And I think, and, and the other bottom line is that it doesn't matter where you go to school or what you're exposed to, who your parents are, how they're processing their trauma and how they live their lives is what's going to affect you and so if you're homeschooled you could say that there might be a more disproportionate amount of influence that really unhealthy parents can have versus public schooled but like public school bullies can have a horribly disproportionate effect to parents and so I think really the bottom line in response to the documentary and in response to allegations is just get healing get healing get yourselves into community if you're if you like open your doors to other people. Like we've talked about we've talked about community, we've talked about prayer, we've talked about hospitality. Like if you are opening your doors constantly to people in the rawness of your life, you can no longer hide disordered and ungodly chaos and unrighteous discipline and unrighteous um parenting because it's exposed. Um and so I think there's just, we just have to have, we have to start opening our doors and we have to not walk away from godly principles, but we have to find ways to keep ourselves accountable.
0: Yeah, I really love that because that's the thing, you know, when we, when we see some of these people on documentaries and there's, there's quite a few who have made a mess of, who who have given God a bad name really, or who've just made a mess of things or who've maybe made honest mistakes. I, it's not always they were out to do something bad. Sometimes it's just, you know, as parents were, we are making such a mess. I mean, I've done that pendulum swing multiple times because I care so much about my kids and I'm trying to find the right way of doing things. And I think, like you said, ultimately, probably the most important thing is get your own trauma healed so that you have more intuition. I feel like healing our trauma helps empower our Holy Spirit intuition, like if we want to do the right thing with our kids, there is not a formula. There's not a one size fits all formula. And so we have to be able to be praying and listening to God and getting his wisdom. And we can't do that if we are you know, carrying all this trauma. And then I know we've talked about this before. Adam Young on his podcast talks about how traumatized people will seek systems because it gives them a feeling of safety, but the you know we can see how systems cause so much damage
1: totally and the and the whole concept of order is to have systems like 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 this this month is about the discipline of order right, and orderliness and order is is having routines and rhythms and set patterns and set you know it's, it's orderly to have clear authority structures it's orderly to have um chores that are that where people are held accountable to get their chores done on time like a lot of aspects of discipline are sort of under the umbrella of orderliness and it's super important like we you can't you can't run a business without order you can't run your own life without order um and again I think it's just where where the motivation is coming from and I you know it's one of those things too where like you look at it from the outside you look at it and you're like, how could anybody have thought it was okay to follow some of these rules? Like like I know within one sect it's like wear skirts and men can't have beards. And so it's these really weird rules. And I and I will say that in general, if if there's like cosmetic rules, I'm very anti-cosmetic rules because those are about conforming to an outward appearance and they're not about your heart. And so inward rules are like, hey, we don't throw toys across the room. Like when we're upset, we we can go to our rooms, we can hug our pillow and cry. We can maybe go for a quick walk. If we need to go outside and just yell for a minute, like there are, like, there are non-destructive ways that are orderly for handling the intense emotions of childhood. Um, and it is okay to draw those lines, to create order. It's okay to say, we're going to sit down as a family and have dinner. It's okay to say, like I, I believe that this is really unpopular, but I believe that the husband is the head of the household. And I believe that when women can lean into the beauty of that, there is so much rest for their souls. Um, and, I, and I believe in these foundational biblical structures of order. But I think it is so important To yeah, just know where is the order coming from and how are we measuring it? Right.
0: And, you know, if you look at the life of St. Benedict, who this whole podcast series is based on, he made all these rules. And there were a lot of rules, really. There was a rule for when you prayed and when you ate and when you slept. There were a lot of rules. But the rules were the outflow of his time with God. So he didn't make a bunch of rules for his monastery just randomly out of the pain of his childhood. He first set aside time to be with God and the rules were outflow of that. And so, you know, even this summer, people are listening to it. It's uh, in June and it's a great time to work on some of that inner work that would help you have better rules. Like, are you avoiding giving your children any structure because your parents were too structured and it made you feel powerless and uncared for and invisible. Maybe you need to forgive your parents for the ways they hurt you so that you can have a reasonable and basic set of rules. Or are you giving too many rules to your children because there was a free for all in your parents' house and it made you feel unsafe and uncared for. And so now you're almost overdoing it on structure to create a sense of control. Again, I feel like forgiveness is almost always right place to start when we're trying to get that equilibrium or get on a a safe path. Because I'll say it again, if you hold on to bitterness, you're drinking poison and hoping your enemy will die. And that was a lot of what was evidence, even that documentary. I mean, my heart breaks for the pain that these people experienced. I mean, so much pain, and if the people who had placed themselves in authority or who had who were in authority in their lives could have just said, Hey, we made mistakes. I'm so sorry that we weren't more empathetic with you, or I'm so sorry we didn't do more to protect you from these systems or from these people. Like if they had just expressed some empathy, I don't think the documentary would have been made, but the problem is when parents choose a path and then aren't willing to examine their own motives and even if they think they did their best, like just still say you're sorry. You hurt your child, say you're sorry. It's not It's not that hard. And I think what maybe makes it hard is that as parents were already feeling so guilty and feeling so broken, like I, I can't imagine what some of these parents are thinking. But we're not saved by our works. So it's okay to make a mistake. Like failure is a healthy part of growth. And as mothers, like I just want to tell you, you are going to make mistakes. I thought I could be a perfect mom and I still made so many mistakes and hurt my kids. You're going to make mistakes. And so if you accept that early on and just do your best and have humility with your kids, like I'm trying my best, but I made a mistake. Will you forgive me? It's going to make the relationship so much more connected. And that's what this is all about is can we have connection for restoration? Because, those families were setting out to try and have orderly homes and make a difference in the world. And instead they're having documentaries made about their failures.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think going off of what you are saying, mom, like as a parent, as a human, you are not God. And I see this a lot in, I will, I will say this criticism as I see this a lot in Christian families and then sometimes more or less so in homeschool families where the parents have taken their mandate to be godly parents and to raise up their children in the way they should go. Um, and they've taken the commandment, honor your father and mother so seriously that they have put themselves in the place of God in their child's life without the humility to question whether or not their day-to-day decisions are truly righteous. And I think like you talk, like my, like you, mother, are so soft hearted. But one of the great tragedies is that a lot of the young people I talk to, their parents are to this day unrepentant. Their parents to this day will not and cannot look at what they did. And I I don't think like we cannot, and this is not about, everybody does this. So this is not about being in one particular demographic of homeschooled Christian or whatever. Everybody prevents, like, trenches themselves in their own self-righteousness, but especially if you are called to homeschool, if you are raising your children to follow after Christ, the humility and the servanthood of that position, and the, it should be a, a source of fear and trembling before God, and a source of constant crying out and being like, search me and know me, oh God, because you are you are putting in yourself yourself in a place to model Father God and Holy Spirit, and that is a incredible thing, incredible beautiful thing. But the responsibility and the accountability, and and you will be held accountable before God at the end. I think, and not not in a heavy way, not in a you have to be perfect with. It's not about being perfect. This is just about were you like Christ? You're not going to be held accountable for how good your kids have turned out. You're not going to be held accountable, I don't think, for like, you know, the things that you cannot control. But what you can control is, did you wake up today and say, like, God, I want to be like you? Like, give me the grace, give me the fruits of the Spirit, search me and know me, um, reveal any sin in me, be the light into my feet and the lamp into my path. Like, crying out to God on the daily in a place of humility because of the authority entrusted in your life as a homeschool and a Christian parent. And that's and that's huge. And I think, and then on the other side of that, is at the same time, while you're in that path, yeah, like I said, you're not God. And so looking at it and being like, yeah, that was wrong. And having that humility and not, like your child is not going to become swollen headed because you are humble before them.
0: That's so good. I love that because really humility, I believe, helps facilitate connection because it's when we get entrenched and are unwilling to see the other person's side. And I think Stephen Covey said, seek first to understand before you would be understood. So if you have a child who's coming to you and questioning your authority or questioning your decisions, find out what's going on underneath. Like what learn them, know them well enough to understand what's going on underneath instead of just reacting to that. And and also I love that you, you know, talked about just our relationship with God and the we're covered by his grace. So we can't be perfect parents. If we could be perfect, Jesus would not have had to die. And so just being able to acknowledge I'm not perfect, but then keep doing your best. It's it's just trying again when we fail and not giving up. And also not being entrenched in an attitude of I'm perfect and don't question me. So some of the resources that we could recommend for this. I love the book Habits of the Household. It's a really gentle book for household habits. Also Mothering by the Book is so good for just understanding some of those underlying motivations that might be stealing the joy in your home or making it hard to understand what order could and should look like. And then. Just maybe grab your Bibles and look up some verses on humility or repentance or redemption and understand that God loves you, that he has a good plan for you, mamas. If you've made mistakes, don't be afraid to just express to your children your sorrow. It won't steal your authority. It won't demean you or undermine your authority as a parent. It's only going to help create connection. When you're willing to empathize with your child for the pain you've experienced. Thanks for joining us today.